0: Digit Scene Review Podcast, episode 31. I have myself, co-host David, and always partner in crime, Alex. How are you doing this evening, Alex?
1: I'm doing well, as usual. Thank
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we have a pretty interesting lineup. I have a scene from none other, from Interstellar, one of the most interesting sci-fi movies uh that have come as of late Uh, again from chris nolan and alex you have a very interesting piece the prince of egypt Uh so i think it's odd it's an odd episode which means you start Uh you go ahead there alex okay yes
1: prince of egypt um 1998 release animated film and i picked the exodus sequence um it's several minutes long here. Uh, we picked out a couple YouTube clips for people to be able to watch that in. So this, this would be our first scene pick in our in our series here, in our podcast, with uh, some religious significance. Well, not some. It's actually very significant <laughs> <laughs> for religiously speaking. Uh, so the, the gist of the Exodus story is, is really well-known in Western society, so I'm not going to rehash that. Um, it's, it's an event of undeniably of great importance in two world religions at least uh, judaism and christianity Um, and whose membership together it really comprises over a billion people even even if we conservatively estimate that as to a moderate percentage of those who self-identify as as religious it would still come up to hundreds of millions so So a lot of people yeah a lot of people (laughs) this has to do with a lot of people and what they what they believe and what i like to to do in life is just try to see things from from other people's perspectives and especially when their perspectives are are very different from my own right i I just kind of get myself out of the comfort zone a little where it's not just um Mm -hmm. staying in my bubble and and echo chambers and and that sort of thing on the internet i try to challenge a little bit and say okay yeah this 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 forum or this subreddit or whatnot. it differs in my, from my beliefs a, a little bit. so, what? Did, how do they argue stuff out? What do they say? And that that kind of thing interests me. Um, so, in the Exodus event, we have a story of a people who have finally escaped from from literally over a century or about a century and a half of slavery. Uh, so, generations upon generations of of suffering, um, and they escape, as the story goes, by way of uh, supernatural help from God. Uh, they're finally liberated and free, and no matter what one's personal religious convictions are or whether you believe the Exodus event actually even occurred in history in any form, if you just try to put yourself in the shoes of this ancient people, I believe anyway, you'd, you'd be deeply moved by just imagining what might've happened in this event. I mean, personally, I, I know I am watching these scenes. I'm moved. Mm-hmm. So it, you can't talk about these, this sequence without talking about the song, When You Believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Written, some credits here, written by Stephen Schwartz, um, who did the music and the lyrics for, I believe, all the film songs. Uh, I, I didn't quite dig in, but I think that's that's my understanding. Feel, overall film scoring for the film is by... Um, the uh, inescapable Hans Zimmer
0: <laughs> he's also the guy that does interstellar which we talk about I later know. inescapable yeah, so. is a great word I like that uh, <laughs> and he just won, he song. just won the yeah. Oscar by the way for the Academy yeah. Awards inescapable okay. is the right yeah word. this guy
1: <laughs> ubiquitous yeah <laughs> so and it's funny because I didn't even mean to pick this be- because of him. I just, he just randomly happened to be there. And it's, like I said, he's hard to avoid, <laughs> I think, in this industry. He's <laughs> just done so much stuff. So, yeah, continuing. Uh, the pop version of this song, sung by Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey, which, of course, are powerhouses, uh, at least in, in that era, uh, the uh, late 90s or the 2000s. Um, so, and the song was really quite popular at the time. And it won an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Me personally, I I really like the song. I I found it. I find it even catchy. It's memorable. It's got it's a nice song. melody lines. Interesting. It's a great song. And and the different from the pop uh, arrangement. I like the arrangement also, or, or even more perhaps the one that's heard in the film. Mm. Um, it has a bridge sung by a, uh, a children's choir. Um, and then after that, the chorus is is reprised with in sung by like a full adult choir, and it's just really a nice epic sound with the orchestra and everything. The children's choir is singing in Hebrew, uh, and apparently the lyrics from this that part of it were taken from a song uh, in the Book of Exodus, chapter fifteen, which itself describes the Exodus in song form. So, I mean, I cool. didn't look up the exact uh, Hebrew lyrics, but that's that's what I had.
0: That's um, pretty cool. And you know, actually, just going to interject quickly here. Mm-hmm. I had to do a double take, but is Michelle Pfeiffer the singer in the original film? She, look, uh, looks, I, I have I, to look it up,
1: but I think I think, I think she, she did was probably singing her lines. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, of like, the, like, of I the believe that. yeah, it's quite something. And just
0: you know, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Like I, I think
1: her character was um, Zipporah, which was um, yeah. Moses' wife, uh, in, in, in seen in this in this scene. Well, the cast um, alone on that, is crazy. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was sorry, actually go just going to fire off a few names. Yeah, because Jeez. there are many stars in the cast. I was going to get to that. Where I mean, just really quickly: Val Kilmer, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sandra Bullock, Jeff Goldblum, Patrick Stewart. Even did <laughs> Seti, the father of it's, Pharaoh
0: Ramses. Everybody, Kleber,
1: Steve Martin, Martin
0: Short. Yeah, it's just it's every quite every something major actor, actress of that time period music and or film was in this like it, it kind of blew me away you know it's funny when you pick this i i kind of forgot about this film and to many in many for whatever reason i kind of forgot the song too but as soon as the song came in it was like okay yeah yeah, yeah. i remember the song pretty vividly it was a yeah it's quite, quite unforgettable. Like, even unforgettable. We're talking, it like, was, 24 years ago, yeah. Yeah, huge at the time. Like, it just filled the airwaves in a big-time way. And as you mm-hmm. said, Mariah Carey and Whitney, and Whitney, Whitney, <laughs> there is no yeah, other. The late, the late Whitney Houston, yeah. Yes, the, there is no other, right? So. hmm
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and just even overall speaking uh a little more bird's eye view but i i, I like almost every song in this film actually so yeah. hats off to, to steven schwartz i i really um i'm impressed with the, the just the, him doing his the compositions in terms of and yeah. from that perspective right it's just um and even they're they're catchy just even from a uh you know, a general audience perspective without even getting too analytical, like the, most of the tunes, like particularly the um, the beginning song, which is um, mm-hmm. Deliver Us. And I wanted to, to make a comment that, that after the, in this, in the sequence of, that I picked towards the end here, after the Red Sea closes up and the, the Israelites are concluding their escape from the pursuing Egyptians, at that point where they're, they're like all relieved and they're just, this is the moment that okay they, they finally escaped and wow yeah their their pursuers are, are are gone and they can they can actually just move on the orchestra is actually reprising that first song mm. uh, deliver us and, the, and with the lyrics of deliver us to the promised land mm-hmm. right and so mm. it's a it's a nice tie-in if it, it's it's very very subtle right because there's no lyrics at this point it's just the orchestra's kind of noodling through the, uh, the the melody line and if you if you would Remember that melody. And it's like, oh yeah, that's the thing, and that now here they actually are being delivered. So
0: that was right. just quite neat. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's funny because uh, not funny. Uh, and you mentioned before that Lion King was one of the. We did this in a previous podcast. How it was one of the mm-hmm. last few, uh, last few, one of the last films that was done um, animation before they got into the three D stuff, and. Mm-hmm. This may be the last one. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think you mentioned yeah, there was a few it's in the 2000s. The 90s. Yeah, there's a few in the 2000s. So it's it's not to say, but it was extremely successful and very successful for our non-Pixar film. Like it was, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just looking at some of the stats um, required for, for the animation, like 11, twelve almost 1,200 scenes in the mo- in the film, uh, Twelve hundred contained works by the special effects department. Uh, Nine hundred and thirty-four hand painted hand painted backgrounds were created. Three hundred fifty artists from thirty-four different nations. Like this, can you imagine coordinating three hundred fifty people? Oh my God. Can you imagine coordinating three hundred fifty artists to do one? I product? know, like. like that's just like get get your dropbox ready you're like wow (laughs) at the scale of these productions is just mind-boggling i I just don't even know how you would coordinate that it just i don't know how you would do that yeah it's just yeah 934 hand-painted backgrounds were created it's it's ridiculous. It's just... Like it's
1: a, a little. It's a little underappreciated um, sometimes yeah. how much goes into a film. And like if you like, there's a reason. Like the film credits, they scroll for minutes and minutes and minutes. There's just dozens upon dozens upon, if not so hundreds people. of people involved to make a, a good film. Right? It's just and, and uh,
0: yes, I was about to say something somewhat controversial, <laughs> but I, what I wanted to say is that I think with not I think with film with productions of this kind of scale, whether they are animations, whether they're movies and film, this is why we do this. There is a considerable amount of work by other people. And I think that can not be left unsaid. There are a lot of people involved in this project and they should be celebrated just as much as anyone else. You know, I mean, obviously they're not the stars, mm-hmm. but it's important; those credits are important, as you say. Like, there's a reason why there's so many people. Like, it it takes a lot of effort to kind of make what we see. Those minutes, those seconds. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So just closing up on this thing, like, uh, I guess all I um, wanted to say it, uh else was it. Here we have an example of people taking something that that they have a strong conviction about. You know, uh, multiple people mm-hmm. at, at actually, you know, that really believe the 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 story the the event um, the messages uh, in there um, and it, they take it to heart and they try to to build something really inspiring and the uh, the medium of, of film is really uh, really great in that respect that it can convey those kinds of things to to those that already believe and perhaps those that are on the cusp of potentially believing. Right?
0: I think it's even great yeah. for people that don't believe. I mean, the the yeah. film itself, this st- it's a story at the end of the day and. Yeah whether you believe or don't believe i think that uh you know a, a well this is this is part of our history whether it's fictional or not whether, however you want to believe it or not mm-hmm. and i think it's just something that needs to be recognized regardless it's part of our history and our culture i think uh culture of humanity i guess i mean yes yeah, it because not everybody you, but i mean yeah mm-hmm, it's, it's a yeah. story
1: so but but the, the fact is like even if you one personally does not believe in in the event right th- there are other people in the world that do and you interact with those people and th- the for things sure. that they do like they're they're celebrating the passover and and, and this or sure. that right and it, mm-hmm. you know it, it it affects modern day even sure. though what you know yeah
0: for sure i think that uh yeah uh, anyway great pick uh, mm-hmm. Very moving scene, set of scenes, a collection of scenes as well. And I, I thought it was a great choice, again, not to speak throughout. I think it was more powerful that way. I mean, obviously, outside of song, you know how I like that. <laughs> I've, I've repeated myself many times over. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the clips. Thank you.
1: Okay. So what do we have from you? Here? All right. All right
0: so the unescapable Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Grace is his uh <laughs> his sound composition again scoring again in this scene and this is from interstellar i uh, believe 2014 don't remember exactly but it's around there if it's not that <clears throat> mm-hmm. and we have ann hathaway matthew mcconaughey in this scene and This, just to give context without too much spoilers, there's a bit of spoiler content in this because of the nature of it, but to to Mm -hmm. not reveal too, too much, something has, so they're in a ship and they're trying to dock on the station. And it's important that they dock on the station. Um, If they don't, um, the fate of humanity probably rests uh, in their hands. They need to get there. And just at the beginning of the sequence, there's an explosion on the station and for a moment Anne Hathaway's character is like, Oh my God, we're done. And it's at that moment, Matthew Conway's character probably says (laughs) one of the most, (laughs) one of the best (laughs) lines in movie history where, you know, he's talking to the computer and, you know, Anne Hathaway's character says, what are you doing? And, the computer says, "There's no point in trying to waste fuel trying to get there." And she, and then uh, at the same time, the character says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "Docking. I'm docking." <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the computer says, "That's not possible." And he says, "No, it's necessary. <laughs> like one of those, <laughs> yeah, epic, that was epic, <laughs> epic Hollywood lines." One of those things that probably stand in memes for all the time. Like, yeah, it's not possible, but this is why we're human and we're making that necessary choice. Love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that <clears throat> mine too. Yeah. I, uh, there's many re- different reasons why this particular scene moved me. Uh, in theaters, I remember this pretty vividly. Um, there are cinematic moments in film that just stick in my brain this is one of them it was an absolutely amazing scene the soundtrack was freaking blaring in the theater (laughs) the full resolution of that sound was going full notch I remember it very well and it's just that organ it's a yeah It's just, just blaring, <laughs> and the this, the choice of instrument with an organ is just that's a bit risque, right? It's not normal, but um, you know, there's this theme of time in Interstellar, gravity and time, which is, you know, there's a. I don't know if you know this, Alex. I don't know if you've seen this film, but uh, there was actually a scientific discovery that came out of this movie. They act, they were able to uh visualize what a black hole looks like that's that's kind of one of the epic breakthroughs this is just a scientific breakthrough that came from the movie so it but it was a very much you know Chris Nolan spent has spent a lot of time trying to be true to the science now that all said for this particular scene i'm going to say this right now it's probably pretty unrealistic <laughs> like this, for this to happen in real life the the docking procedures in real life they take not minutes. They take probably hours. The precision required is ridiculous, and for you to spin alongside the station <laughs> and have to worry about 3Dness—that yeah. was kind of going through my head. But at this, for me, it was just, "This is crazy. This is freaking awesome." What he's trying to do, and I remember the very. And this goes gets into why this moved me so much. I remember the very first times where, when I remember in high school when I was taking physics, one of the first principles, I, I, it was an aha moment, was this concept of relative velocity. How the fact uh-huh. that when you're driving in a car beside someone else that's parked, it's at rest, it's right beside you. And the only other time is if you're at you know driving at 100 kilometers an hour, 60 miles an hour, and you're next to each other, there is no difference. The relative velocity is zero at that point. And so for this, obviously, the angular velocity is the same. He's trying to match the station with the ship. And it just kind of blew me away. I mean, it it was true to the science, but unrealistic. But that's okay. It's movies, right? And that's (laughs) what I like about it. It stretches reality a bit. To make it more dramatic, which is fine, right? Space is boring in real life. It's really freaking boring. If you ever see, have you ever seen have you ever seen uh the SpaceX docking sequence, like in real life? It's like hours for them to just it's all automated now, which is kinda cool, but it's just like it's not it's not exciting. But he's taken this concept, made it a, a movie moment out of it, and it was just ridiculous. So I'm going to stop here because I think Alex, I'm going to, I want to get your thoughts on
1: this. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, those are almost exactly the words that, that um, went through my head But the two words were, that's ridiculous. <laughs> when I saw this, I, I'm like, okay, well, will watch him. Is he really going to do this? And as you say, uh, there's just physics in terms of the physics. There's just several ways this can go wrong, like yes, probably yes. A, a, a quite a double-digit number of them. In just right. the the raw geometry of it, three axes of lim- linear <laughs> movement, right, and then the rotational uh, yes. on each of those axes, and then uh, you know how what thrusters do they have on that, in, in order to be able to correct, okay, if we're two degrees off, what do I what do I right. st- in order to right. <laughs> blah blah blah, right? And so, okay, but it's like you say, it's film, and it, film is we go to it for entertainment and if, you know, Angelina Jolie or, or, you know, Vin Diesel can, can do whatever in a, in a sports car, why not? Let's let these guys do it in a, in a space sports car. (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So there, you know, it, you have the, the the camera zooming in and then, and the thing, there's like three, three degrees, three seconds or whatever he's saying. He's counting yes, down yes. to getting closer and closer. And then he finally lines up the things. Okay. All right. Now that we've got this axis lined up, I'm going to go <laughs> do the thing and yep. vertically yeah. say, okay, well, great that they, they made it. And I can imagine, I mean, I haven't seen the film, but I can imagine that. This is towards the end, so all the buildup of up to that point mm-hmm. with the the dramatic explosion and everything, and then to to come to this scene and then finally actually, Doug, you know at the at the very end of the YouTube clip, Anne yeah, Hathaway just kind of like collapsing. <gasps> Dude, we yeah. made it. Man, I think. it was Great. pretty cool, yeah. actually.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think some some nerds were starting to because I think he, he says analyze spin and he and I think the computer says sixty seven rpm, and there's there's a whole like Reddit streamed a couple of quora answers to the math and whether it makes sense and how if you you do the math and technically speaking the g-forces are too much there's no way they would be able to stand it but then people started analyzing the actual revolutions per second in the film itself and if you mm-hmm. take that mm-hmm. into account then it's too low then there was another Reddit response anyway I think it's just great people that are thinking and talking about mm-hmm. it. To me, that's just, the movie did its job, as far as I'm concerned, by people yeah. having to to try to to see if the math makes sense or not. <clears throat> yeah, on that so. point, it's a little odd to me um, because, you know,
1: we had, uh, what was it was a contact where they were, they were doing something with, also with like a pulsation mm-hmm. or something happening over mm-hmm. time. So with this one, it's a little odd to me that they wouldn't have just gone and looked at the, their own footage and, and found out exactly how many RPM it was, because <laughs> that wouldn't actually be that hard. Uh, but I want to, you know, because if 57 uh, under, and I, I have a sense of, because whenever we're doing music, right, um, 60 beats per minute, that's just literally one per second. And people right. have a natural uh, sense of how much, how fast one per second goes, because uh, for me anyway, I, the example I always try to call in my mind is people counting down at New Year's. 10 ah, 9 right, right. 8 and that's that's how i get the feel of what 60 bpm is so if whenever right. i look at a metronome thing and i don't have like a marking on the music and i don't have a metronome with me um, which is pretty rare cuz i have oh, it in my a nice but tip. anyway yeah so if I, I, if I if i if it's at 90 i go well that's um 50% faster than 60 and i and right. i just kind of feel it out that way cool. anyway so yeah it shouldn't shouldn't have been too hard for them to figure that out but um it's what was i going to say uh i lost my thought but anyway yeah about about the realism but definitely yeah it's people you know thinking about it and calculating and
0: yeah i think uh, it's just funny it's what it
1: is i guess yeah
0: yeah and of course the inescapable seems to be the key word here <laughs> hans zimmer i just uh a tremendous piece again it's very simple too alex i will show a uh, share with you a guy who i think is one of the most talented youtuber uh Pianists, uh He's classically trained, but he does covers, and he does this song, and it's incredible on the piano. It's incredible. Like he mimics the uh, nice. song to a T, and he's he's phenomenal. And he's I think he's a Korean. I think he's a Korean YouTuber. Anyway, I'll I'll share it in the notes. I think it's it's phenomenal. <laughs> like nice. But yeah, it did stick out to me the uh, the choice of the organ. It's like, wait, is that mm. an organ going? Mm. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool, interesting. Pretty risky. It, it worked. Mm. Yeah. It worked though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was a pretty good week. Pretty good selections there. A little different, yeah, but yeah. at the same time Hans Zimmer <laughs> keeps showing up, so we're going to have going to have to kick him out. Uh, going yeah, to we have things to have like a, a zoomer filter while. or something <laughs> yeah we need a Zimmer filter for sure <laughs> anyway so that, that was great as always folks if you have suggestions uh please contact us we'd be happy to follow through with those um suggestions and that's a wrap 31 and counting mr alex hopefully we'll do a bit more
1: <laughs> yes thank you everyone for uh staying, sticking with us all this ride and we'll uh see you in the next one
0: take care everyone
1: thanks for listening you can email us at scenereview at 20digit.com and find us on youtube by searching for 20 digit productions and we're 20 digit on twitter and instagram note that our website and all our online ids are spelled with numbers two zero d-i-g-i-t thanks for listening to the 20 digit scene review podcast